Hey, welcome to the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast. Every black film ever made, my name is Len, a.k.a. the Bat Tribble. And as always, I am joined by my partner. Hey, what's going on? It's Vincent Williams. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we are in the year of 1975. And we are on everybody's favorite day of the week. Friday Foster. What you doing, Friday? What you doing? Starring Pam Greer as well as Yafit Koto. Um, who else is starring in this, this bad boy? You've got it's uh, like Julius Harris, Julius Thomas Rosella, Scatman Crothers, Earth Eartha Kitt. Kitt. It is it is actually a pretty ridiculous cast. It is ridiculous, it is robust in this in this cast. <laughs> and Ma- Jim Bacchus makes an appearance. Mr. Hal the Third. <laughs> makes an appearance in this film ladies and gentlemen that was brought to you by our very special guest carla brothers yes of glory and the five heartbeats fame as well as miami vice yes of all things uh she will be joining us in a moment ladies and gentlemen we're waiting for her to 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 join us and until we do i'm hoping she slides in like eddie kane jr you, you know she know how to do it. <laughs> you know she know how. But um, we're back live. Yes. We're live. We've missed you. We did. We took a week off. We a did. Week vacation to recharge the batteries. We missed you all, ladies and gentlemen. Did you enjoy your week off? Vincent? I did. I did. But like you said, it is a weird muscle memory. Like it comes at like on Tuesday. It was kind of weird. It's like, oh, I got to watch a movie and. Oh, yeah. it's, oh, it's time to go and, you know, crack that mic. And then you didn't. So, yeah, it felt a little weird. Yeah. It felt a little weird. Yeah, it's always nice to get a little rest. And yourself? I did enjoy the time off. Okay. Um, Got a lot of work done. Excellent. <laughs> a lot of work back, backed up. And I and I actually caught up on more than a few um, movies and shows. Okay. Good for you. While doing that. Um, I am now into deep into season six of my probably fifth rewatch of the Venture Brothers TV series. Interesting. I love the Venture Brothers. I need to. I started to rewatch it, got to a rewatch to like the third season and got distracted. Okay. But but yeah, it's it's good stuff. It is good stuff. It's yeah. good fun stuff. Uh, I watched along with my girlfriend. Well, uh, she watched and I watched with her the season finale of P Valley. Yeah, I've not started. I've not watched. It. Are you are you on the P Valley train? I've watched it with my girlfriend. Really? Because it gets really good reviews. It people does. seem to love it. People, I mean, look, it's a it's a soap opera, um, as far as I'm concerned. Okay, um, but it is definitely deals with a a a a, a subsection of the culture that does not get played up dramatically on television very often. And for those who don't know, P Valley is a show that I believe is on stars mm-hmm. um, that uh, deals with all the machinations in the strip world. Yes. In a fictional town, I believe just outside of Atlanta or in, down, down South. Right. And um, 
and it definitely gets into the world of uh, uh, of strippers, of of sex workers, right? And I think it's fair to say that uh, stripper culture in the South mm-hmm. is a whole is, is a whole different beast. It's a whole different beast. Yeah, you, you may think it it's the same as up here, right? It's nothing, right? Nothing like it. Um, and it also gets in. It, uh, Gets into the world of LBGTQ uh, community as well. Okay, pretty deeply, pretty heavily, and um, and pretty fairly. Okay, I will say I will say that. All right. Um, so it's it's a show that I that it doesn't like, like it doesn't hit me like oh my god we got to watch P Valley tonight. Sure. But I find myself watching it with her and, you know, kind of like I can see where people get wrapped up in it. So okay. and, and seeing the season finale, it had all the plot twists and turns that most season finales go for. And, you know, they, they were kind of interesting. So that was pretty cool. I checked up. I catch up, caught up on that. I started to watch. There's a new movie on Netflix starring Jamie Foxx and Snoop Dogg. Yeah, I haven't I haven't watched it. Did you watch it? I watched a good I want to say and my girlfriend will correct me if I'm wrong. I want to say that we watched a good 30 minutes of that show and movie and then we gave up. Oh, you didn't you weren't enjoying it. It just it, it just wasn't it wasn't hitting me. Okay. It wasn't it. It's called Day Shift. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Been getting mixed reviews. It, 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 I will give it a, a mixed review of my own. Uh, Jamie Foxx stars as a vampire hunter. Right. And it, it is almost like um, it's almost like the the men in black of vampire hunters. Like there's a whole secret organization. Sure, of course. That, of which Snoop Dogg is one of them. And and you know maybe it go, it gets deeper in the, the the two hours of it, but in those first thirty minutes, it did not connect with me at all. Okay, and um, you know, we both were agreed you know, like there were better ways to wait to spend our time. Okay, all right, um, all right. So didn't check that out. However, what I did. Uh, oh, we also started. What was this other show? We started a show on um, Apple Plus surface with uh google and batha raw yes yeah how's that that's interesting okay that's very interesting it deals with a woman who you know spoilers but they give it away in like the first 10 minutes of the show a woman who tried to kill herself Mm -hmm. um, survived but in surviving she lost all of her memory previous to being revised Got you. So now she's trying to put together her world and also, you know, reconcile, well, what made me. Right. What got me to the point to the where, point where I, I wanted to kill myself. Yeah. So it asked some interesting questions in that. Um, and, you know, we're big fans of uh, Google and Bafa Raw here on the on the mission. So that's what definitely drew me to the series. And it's a beautiful series. OK, it's anything on Apple Plus. Is. There's nothing on Apple. Plus. I was about to say the cinematography across the board. Yeah. In everything on Apple TV. Most definitely. Yeah. So, um, you know. We we enjoyed it. Okay. We, we got to return to it. Um, but we definitely like were intrigued by it. I, I see that Jay England is in the chat uh, via YouTube and is saying that uh, she's enjoying Surface. Okay, and we enjoyed it for the most 
most part as well. So that was pretty good. That's pretty good. We're looking forward to returning to that. Um, but I won't return to that before I finish mm-hmm. all 10 episodes. And I'm, uh, I think I just finished episode seven. Okay. Of the Sandman. Enjoying the Sandman. Let me tell you something. I was enjoying the Sandman from the from the giddy up. Yes. Right. This is the adaptation of Neil Gaiman's comic, historic comic book series. Yeah. Which I never, no, I can't say I never read. I tried to read and I just couldn't get into it because I'm not really into horror and I'm not 100% right. into a whole lot of fantasy. The art right. didn't really drag me. So it hooked me. But so many people loved it. So mm-hmm. when I saw that it was going to be adapted and Neil Gaiman is definitely a part of the the adaptation i I think he's more or less the showrunner if not a oh oh and it's it's someone who has read the series it's very faithful so i so i'm going in blind okay man look this series it it hooked me from the beginning Mm -hmm. i love i love the whole premise of the sandman being like the dreaming and being caught sure uh um and being held up for like 100 years yeah, now yeah, having to reconcile yeah. you know his escape and all that type of stuff it's really dope um i love all of the casting yeah, you know, I, yeah. Love, I love the, the imagery of the series i love mm-hmm. every single thing about the series but then there was a an episode and oh man i can't remember the title of would it be episode. the beating of her wings no, that's what that's the introduction to death. Death, right. It was before death. It's before death. Is it 24-7? 24-7 is in the diner. That's the diner. No, it's the one before the diner. Wow. So you yeah, so, so the you, one before the diner. You got pulled in before they pulled out. Yeah, I, the, which the I understand are the, are the big guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the wings and the 24-7 yeah, yeah, the big, and the doll house, which yeah, is where I'm yeah, at doll's now. house, yeah. But and I can't remember the title, but it's the one where the um and help me with the, the character's name the guy who woke up in the asylum um the john d john d yeah john d yeah is basically riding along with this woman this woman picks him up in the middle of the night yeah yeah it gives yeah. him a ride mm-hmm. and it was one of yo my my but was clenched I so know. tight I watching know. that episode that I stopped it in the middle. Yeah, and said I, I'm not ready to finish this. Yeah, because if this goes left, yeah. I am going to curse. Yeah, this show. And then I and, and I, I didn't return to it for like two days. Yeah, and then when I returned to it, I was like, okay, I'm ready. Yeah, and man, that show that that episode rewarded. Yeah, and then it's like, okay. I'm here for the rest. And I've just enjoyed, I've enjoyed the ride. The Sandman is ridiculous. Yeah. And then if it wasn't ridiculous enough, I don't know how far you are in it. I'm, I just finished, um, the, what is it? The beating of her wings. So that's the introduction. And, and, then, and then the and one then, with Hob. And then with Hob. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so same I, same episode. Yeah. Right, right, right. So the, the, the episode after that is Dial's house. Right, 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 right. And oh, reminds me. Then actually, I'm two episodes past that. There's an episode which did my geek heart so so gleef, gleefully mm-hmm. because on the screen, and I'm not giving anything away because it's not even really mentioned in this in the in the series. But if you're a comic book fan, to look on the scene on the screen, 
and see in one like on your screen at the same time the psycho pirate the floronic man shade yeah and captain cold yeah all on the screen at the same time yeah and in the way that they should be in this series which is not giving anything away i said Sam, man, you you have tickled the last funny bone of my body. Like, yeah, I, I'm with you all the way. Yeah, I'm with you all the way. The Sandman on Netflix, all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y- you know, I'll I, I'm gonna say what I said before I watched it. I, I'm so I watched it. Uh, Kirby Howe Baptiste mm-hmm. is absolutely glorious. Yes, as, as death, as death. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely glorious. Mm-hmm. But I'm also enjoying it. I'm also enjoying it. I'm enjoying it as well. Um, Jay England says, only watch one episode of Sandman. It was good. I have to jump back into it. Yeah. Uh, Yes, you do. You got to get back in there. Farrell Blackwell says, I'm going to need to give Sandman another shot. First few minutes of episode one gave me big CW. Keep watching. Keep watching. Yeah, keep watching. Because I I will admit that some of the the imagery some of the the special effects right some of the effects have you know i don't i'm not going to say cw but it's a cut above cw but i can see what he's talking about but it's a show that doesn't lean on the exactly. on the effects exactly so it 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 works yeah netflix did not spend apple money on the yeah. effects no no they did not yeah. no they did not we have someone that we want to introduce to everyone. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, you may know her work from uh, the five heartbeats. You may know her work from Miami vice, you know, it's a shame that you might don't might not know her work as well as you should from glory. I know, I um, know. but she, we know her because we've had uh, extensive conversations with her and we consider her already a friend of the show. Yes. Even though this is our first appearance. Yes. So ladies and gentlemen, out there in the chat and listening on the podcast land, put your hands, your virtual hands together for Carla Brothers in the building. Hey, Carla, hey, how you Carla. doing? I'm doing fine because I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Yeah. It's good to be here. Yes. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Yeah, good to see you. Very good to see you too. You look fabulous. Oh well, thank you. Yeah, and so do you. You look, you look fabulous. And look at Farrell Blackwell. I had to put a a pony in because it's like I have this air conditioning in here, and it's wonderful, but it sounds like a helicopter. (laughs) (laughs) Like ah, what I'm trying to say. So I just said. Put the hair up and right, right. be a little more comfortable and stuff. So that's all good. So it's all good. Farrell Blackwell is giving you virtual uh, applause. As yes, you see there on the screen. Oh, thank you so much. And so it's it's wonderful. Camille, so it's Camelia and De- Deborah Battle saying hello, Carla. Everyone is here for the Carla Brothers Show on the oh, mission. Wonderful! Yay! That, that is cool. That is cool. Um, Carla it, it is. I kind of like referenced it. Right. 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 That you, it's a shame that you may not know her as well as you should from Glory, because it, it, you, 
you had a significant role in glory. Like you were there for like almost like the whole thing. You and Matthew Broderick became like best friends and whole nine. And then chop chop happened. And oh, it tomorrow. happens. It happens a lot. And I, you know, I have to say that um, I think the directors, when you get a script, you know, it, everything makes sense in the context of the script. And then once you start feeling, and when you start filming rather, um, you know, he had to go with what was best for the movie. And it, it was a man's movie. And historically, um, uh, Charlotte Fortin and Matthew Broderick's character were friends, very good mm-hmm. friends. But, but in the movie, there was more of a romantic kind of interest. And I, I would have supposed that probably that was they wanted, didn't want to sort of uh, move away from the main, you know, plot kind of thing because it wasn't as if the relationship really changed him, you know, right, uh, right, you know, significantly. So then, then you know, um, so it's okay. I mean, she really needs her own film. That's right. It's yeah. an amazing story, her story. So, you know, I'll be like, okay, I'm ready. I'm on the set now. We're going to tell a story about her at 90. And then, uh, you know, get the young woman Stafford to do her when she was like 24 and stuff. Right. But, you know, got to have a sense of humor about all that kind of stuff. But, hey, you know, um, I took a little bit of a respite. I raised two wonderful children. So, you know, you, you your priorities are, are, you know, where they are, you know. So I, uh, I, can't, I, I feel happy to have had the success that I've had. And I'm looking forward to being, we discussed that a little bit, the kind of right. things I'm looking at now and stuff. So I wouldn't mind acting, but I'm also interested in directing and producing and doing mm-hmm. a lot of writing. And that's kind of the next phase for me. And, that's kind of a great segue, if you don't mind, in talking about the film that we're going to talk about today, uh, Friday Foster. Yes. Friday. yes. I'm going to segue into that for a moment because, you know, it's interesting when you look at something, it's always important to put your cap on of context. Mm-hmm. When was mm-hmm. the film made? What was going on socially, politically? Um, you know, and the, the thing that kind of be kind of very clear to me that it was like it was this sort of superhero i mean you know in a way she's got these extraordinary powers um she's you know physically very um imposing yeah yeah and and yet she's not demure but she's never like i'm gonna beat your butt kind of thing at least not in this film right and it was interesting to me because, you know, I think about what was going on at the time. There was the the, the women's, you know, equal rights movement and, uh, you know, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Ginsburg. That out. Didn't do my speech exercises today. Ginsburg. And, you know, the 70s were a really amazing time. I mean, sort of like the 60s, you want to think of the 60s with the war and, and black power and civil rights. But the 70s, you know, had its own for women and you know, black women, as I'm sure you're aware, were sort of at not at the forefront of that movement. You know, it was like, you know, like, well, well wait a minute, we're women too. Like, what's up with that? And then, of course, you know, certain um, the powers that be invited um, the sisters in. But my point is, when I was watching the film, it was like, hey, let's do a movie about this really beautiful woman. And, and she's got like, she's amazingly intuitive and she's very loyal and all this great stuff. But it was from a man's perspective. Mm-hmm. What, you know, and so I think when I look at it and I look at things today that are produced and written by women, 
it's there's more there's just more a little more substance in terms of, of course real, real character and a real person so you know the thing about looking at something in context it's like this was a beginning right you know right a lot of those films when you look at them in retrospect there's a lot of um you know misogynistic you know types of things even i, I remember one of the lines when the guy says oh gosh her boss says something to her you just bring your your um, something like bring your sweet little ass or something like that, you know. You, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, she doesn't respond to it, like, "Who are you talking to?" Like, you know, a woman, you know. But it's it's just like, oh, move beyond it, and you know, just be sweet and wonderful. And right, right, know, it's right. Amazing because she is like all the talent that she had. I mean, she was. I think that was her fifth film with the studio at that time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So speaking about Pam Greer. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. Pam yeah. Greer. You right. know, and um, mm-hmm. I think about him like. She carried a movie. She was a movie star, you know. So, um, you know, from looking like at it from a 2022 perspective, you know, after, you know, this is almost 50 years ago. But yet that's an amazing, you know, accomplishment that she Mm -hmm. was able because they didn't keep asking her to come back because, you know, uh, she was pretty. Um, they knew that she could sell tickets. She was box office drawn. She had a lot of, um, you know, very true. In very absolutely. But you know, I, I have to just say this: that it was it was interesting to me because at that time, I kept saying, "What was going on at that time in terms of theater?" And the, the perspective that I have um, is that there was more of a division. Like you, as an actor, would decide which lane you want to be in. Yeah, you were either an L.A. actor or you were in New York. And mm-hmm. there were some people, you know, that did migrate. They got into series and things like that, um, mm-hmm. and especially during all the sitcoms and stuff like that. But um, I was thinking about, like, the powerful theatrical actresses, you know, um, that started out with Nigger Ensemble Company, you know, and and New Federal Theater in New York and and other theaters, black theaters around the country. And it was just interesting to me that, um, you know, none of them were depicted in these films, you know. It's right, like, right, right. They're not sex symbols. They're, mm-hmm. They were, you know, they were... Um, you know, women that were beautiful or whatever, but they were playing different types of stuff. And so that's interesting too. Um, but, you know, I have to say watching her work in Jackie Brown, it was just like all this stuff that she, she like her work was so subtle and just like, so, you know, so it like, I think all that stuff that was there, the potential, it's like, that she just blossomed as an artist. Most right. definitely. Most right. definitely. Right. And and we we've we've actually talked about that before, something that you just spoke to, that that sort of quote unquote black exploitation actor versus black people who were who were already acting and were right. trained actors. And a lot of times in these films, you can almost tell who's from which school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. That's true. Rubbing up against one another. Yeah. 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 And a lot lot of that you can see, I think, on display in this film. Yes. Very much so. A lot of it. But we're going to get into we're going to get into that in 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 full in a little bit. But first, you know me, I like to talk. (laughs) We like to to talk with you. It's all good. Appropriately enough, before you got here, I said you were going to slide in here like Eddie Kane Jr. at the beginning. 
of the file. <laughs> I had a little bit of trouble getting in, and you know, I, I did go on Chrome, but it was like it wasn't taking anyway. It's okay. It's all good. You're here now. That's I was about to say. Um, let's let's get into it before we dig into the movie in general. We got some business we got to take care of. Starting with Vincent, we have some listener mail. Ah, missives from the missionaries. Yes, we got an email from Ellis Heron. What's up, Ellis? Hey, fellas, that was a great episode with the Candy Tangerine Man. That's the <laughs> film that we reviewed last week. Uh, uh, Carla, you dodged the bullet with that. One. Um, not too long ago. I found another movie that the actor John Daniels was the lead in called Getting Over. I know the Candy Tangerine Man is a bad movie, but it's a fun one compared to how boring Getting (gasps) Over was. Oh, no. Wow. I can believe that. Um, Wow. Last uh, uh, we do. I I do a feature every week, uh, Carla, called Top Five. Mm -hmm. And last week, my top five was a list of black men who maybe shouldn't be leading men. Um, And Ellis writes, Len made a good call for bringing up Morris Chestnut on his top five list of black men who shouldn't be leading men. I never realized he doesn't rise to the occasion of being a lead. And since you brought his name up, even Tay Diggs' character in All-American winked at the camera and threw shade at Morris Chestnut by saying he's much shorter in person. Well, that's that. I don't know whether or not that's it. That really happened, but but it is true. Yeah, <laughs> it is true. He's, he is a lot shorter in in uh, in person. Um, however, my question is: Could Leon Isaac Kennedy be considered for your top five list? Now, I'm going to stop you right there, Ellis. The reason why I didn't put Leon Isaac Kennedy on on my top five list is because, as opposed to being cast in films. He was also kind of like a writer and producer of, right, of right. those films. He put himself he in He put himself role. in the lead. Right. So, you know, I ain't going to knock him for that. Right. You know, the point, though, is that he never led anything else. Right. So, you know, he he did what he had to do. Uh, keep up the good laughs and informative conversation going. Guys, your boy Ellis Heron from Fort Worth, Texas. P.S. My pregnant wife wanted me to tell you both that even though she's due around Thanksgiving – Absolutely nothing will keep her away from going to see Black Panther Wakanda forever. All right. Yes. That's right. Raise that baby <laughs> right. Can't wait. Yeah, I can't wait for that. Are you a Black Panther fan, Carla? Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> Good time. All right. We got one more email, Vince. One more email. This is from Nissa May. Hey, Nissa. Hello, Lennon Vince. This month, Marks the third anniversary of the first time I listened to the Michelle Mission. Oh, it was August 2019 and I was on Pandora in search of the Monkey Hustle soundtrack. (laughs) As as one does. (laughs) Apparently Nisa does. Um, Needless to say, I found something much more valuable. Oh, good. I've been a fan ever since. My favorite episodes are Three the Hard Way. Three the Hard Way. P.D. Wheatstraw, which was epic. Yes, yes, which the, devil, is the Devil's Son-in-Law. The Devil's Son-in-Law, which is a continuation of our series of oh. Dolomite reviews. Right, right. Uh, Dorian Mystic and Omar Dorsey. We're right. overdue to get back. Way overdue. And Truck 
Turner. Chuck Turner. Which I actually listened to again. Well, unfortunately, because, because of Michelle passing. Nichols' passing. We, yeah. And that is a fun. It's a good episode. It's a good episode. It's a good episode. By the way, I will be a senior at the College for Creative Studies in Detroit this fall. And I linked an alternative movie poster I did for the five heartbeats below. Hope you all enjoy it. Oh. Sincerely, Nissa Mayer. Oh. So I'm actually going to um, take this and I'm going to uh, save it and, and post it to our Excellent. Facebook group. Um, so people, and I also uh, put it up here later in the show so that uh, Carla, I'll send, you know, I can email it to you, Carla. Okay. Thank you. That would be lovely. Thank you so much. You know what, Carla, speaking of the five heartbeats, you said something to us when we talked about what you brought to your character. Oh, yeah. And I, and I wanted you to tell that story because I thought that was a really great story that that informs our viewing of the five heartbeats. Sure. Well, you know, Robert um, and Keenan had written the script. And when I read the script, you know, I played Tanya Sawyer and um, I felt comfortable enough with Robert. You know, he seemed very approachable. And I said, you know, um, reading it, it, it seems like, you know, I know she was portrayed as a gold digger, Mm -hmm. um, but it was just, I just felt it was a little bit sort of um, not really multidimensional. It was like, you know, all I want is the money. And, you know, it's just like sort of, you know, it was was not a a person that had um, any type of real depth about why, you know. So I, I said to him, um, why don't we think about, would you consider, because it's his, it's his piece, would you consider, um, you know, working on her a little bit so that she really does love Duck? Mm-hmm. And like so many people do, she messes up and has an affair with the brother, but it's inconsequential, inconsequential, you know? So it's like, um, and he's trying to make it seem like this big deal. It's like, you know, I, I love you, like, you know, but I'm not in love with you. And, um, you know, all of the things that he used to say to women. So it was sort of like it gave, um, you know, the Leon character a chance to kind of get a taste of his own medicine. And so at the end, when he leaves her, it's kind of heartbreaking because that's the reason why she doesn't want to um, tell him the truth, because right. she really does love him. And I just love that because, you know, he was quirky and wonderful and romantic and all these he writes poetry and she genuinely loved him. And I and he agreed that that was a stronger choice than just being somebody who didn't care about him, was just out for the whatever she could get. And um I think a lot of people didn't really, you know, like some people got it, you know, and I was reading some posts or something and somebody said, they were saying, oh, you know, if you think about what they're saying, the exchange in the hotel, she says all these years, um, you know, you're acting like I've been trying, like running after you, but like, this is like, this isn't factual. I'm in love with him. And, you know, and so even though we only get snippets, people kind of put on it what they what they perceive of what's happening. But that's, you know, and I was very, I'm appreciative to Robert for doing that. Oh, wow. That's really nice. Wow, that is really nice. Oh, oh yeah. Bad idea. You know, yeah. Because he didn't have to. And some people are so married to their work or in their words. They'd be like, okay, well, thank you very much. And, you know, no, thank you. But he was like, yeah, let's go for it. And I also have to say too, if you don't mind that one thing I really loved about him and um, we didn't audition you know, I don't know if the script was ready or at that time or whatever, but he just wanted to do improvisations to kind of get a feel for what the people would bring to the role. 
And I really loved that. It was just, you know, so it's okay. This is a situation. You're this person, you're that person. Let's see what we do. And it was fun. It, it's like, you know, you're not like nervous. It's just about creating something special. And, and, you know, I really appreciated that, you know, that he did that. And, and um, it was just a wonderful piece to work on. But yeah, Tanya really, really, I know some people may not believe it, but Tanya adored Duck and, um, you know, it's too bad things didn't work out. Yeah, I even um, said to him at one point, I said, you know, because I was working on a play on the East Coast at the time, and you know, they flew me out when I was getting ready to shoot. And um, I said to him, well, you know, after we had that conversation, yeah, 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 let's let's make them really in love and stuff. And so I said, well, can they have happy ending? And he said, oh, he said, no, we've already shot the scene at the barbecue. <laughs> right. <laughs> Darn. <laughs> you know, but I tried. Yeah. No, I'm a big fan of of the film, and I and I love that complication. Like I love in in the film where so many of the characters, their um, motivations are pretty straightforward and linear. You do get that complication that that really it it, it adds some nuance to the relationship between the brothers. Oh yeah, and and you know, and you and you understand how what how how what's almost a misunderstanding causes these brothers to have this falling out. And it was nice that, you, you know, obviously they have to have the fallout so that everyone comes back together at the end, but it's just that much more heartbreaking that it's not over, you, you know, like you said, just some gold digger or. or right. 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 So, and you know, no, who cares about that? Who cares right. about that relationship when you see a relationship that has, you know, that there's love there and it doesn't work out. So it's like, oh, man, you know, but it's interesting. I, I really did like the fact that, you know, that the duck character was always kind of the loser. You know, um, what was the game they used to play? Um, oh, uh, Shot Brother. Exactly. Shot exactly. Brother. Oh, yeah. He said, just go over there and just like look. And he says, oh, no, he's so pathetic. You know, like that whole thing. And then he takes <laughs> the girl and just like. And then, you know, I think that, you know, not to make Tanya seem like that she's all that, but, you know, she was the one girl that kind of did him the way he did other people. And, and that kind of like he got his, you know, you know, um, cause and effect is very strict. Yeah. <laughs> he had done that to so many women. And it was interesting because I thought Leon played it nicely because at the end, you know, after I say I can't. I can't tell him the truth. And you see this tear roll down his mm. face, which, you know, it was even though he wasn't saying, I love you so much, you're, you're going to be mine. But it's because, you know, his character was too, um, you know, not evolved enough to kind of express himself that way. I thought that was a nice um, sort of look at the internal character. That, that was some nice work that he did. So, yeah, it was it was fun filming. And, and uh, yeah, yeah. Nice. Did I ever tell you a funny story about? <laughs> did I tell you a story about when I was driving the car, the Mustang? Mm -mm, no, no, no. <laughs> Behind the scenes. Well, um, I was a New York actor, and as such, I knew how to drive, sort of. But because I lived in New York, I figured I'm an artiste. You know, I don't need to drive a car. You know, I'm gonna take the subway, take a bus. You know. Except that when I went to New Jersey, my parents had to haul me around. So anyway, I knew how to kind of sort of drive a car, but I didn't have my license. So, of course, that was one of the things they said, well, do you drive? And I was like, oh, go. Oh, don't worry. We're going to get you lessons. Da -da -da -da. So, anyway, they gave me some lessons or whatever. And all I had to do was get in the car. I, I, I don't even know if they kept that scene in the movie, but I'm at my house and like, yeah, 
they show it, but they don't show me turning around to the street. Anyway, what happens is um, they're all um, at the at the base of the driveway. And again, this gorgeous like Mustang, like classic 19, whatever it is, 1960s Mustang. It's beautiful. And they got somebody in the back seat, I guess, like like on the floor, not on the back, mm-hmm. seat, the back, just to make sure if anything goes wrong in the because they're going to jump up over my head or something and save the day. So anyway, um, and I guess I'm a little nervous at that point because it just seems like I mean this car like it was like driving a you know a Porsche or something like that. Right, right, right. Oh, oh yeah. Scratched. So the deal is I'm coming down the driveway really nicely and really like, and all of a sudden I get close and they're all in front of me going, and all of a sudden they say, okay, we're going to move now. And everybody just runs. <laughs> and I'm going like, okay. And I turned very nicely, go down to like, you know, go down the street. And I was like, guys, you know, like that doesn't make me feel. <laughs> but it was funny. I mean, that should have been kept in as a blooper. That was, that was funny. That's crazy. That was a real, um, yeah. I was like, yeah. okay. And then the guy that played Chuck Patterson, um, you know, the lovely manager for the group, he was like giving me like sort of lessons at night. And Chuck is really sweet. He's a sweetheart, but he's like, okay, no, not that way, this way. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> we're, in the, we're, in the, we're in like a store, shopping mall, parking lots. Okay, turn around here. Like, okay, like, <laughs> so, but that's funny too, because actually, I, I have this karma. It's interesting when I get films. It's like always something I say, you know, I should have taken more of those horseback riding lessons. But I think I told you about riding in glory, like riding sides. Because yeah. I had ridden before, but I'm talking about a horse, like, you know, just a rig. I'd never ridden sides. I don't like who would. I mean, unless you're yeah, right, right. period piece, because we certainly don't ride side saddle. You know, people in the audience, side saddle is what women back in the day in the 1800s and beforehand, um, they basically, you had, they had a, like a protrusion coming out of the saddle. And that was for your legs, you know, to, kind of to rest um, on. Yeah. To, and it really, and it, it's really great for your inner thighs because it's like, you have to really hold on tight. And the first couple of times you do, it's like, it feels so awkward. Then you get used to it. It's like, yeah, I can, I got this, I got this. And it's really, it's a balancing thing. It's not the same mm-hmm. thing as, you know, and talk about galloping that way. It's, it's, a, it's interesting. So anyway, um, that was another example of like, oh, do you ride? Uh, and I didn't know a side saddle. Oh, yes, I do ride because I had, you know, written one was just like, okay, and this is what you're going to be doing. And I was like, okay, I think I need to practice a little bit, you know. But, the, the, um, one yeah. of the things, like watching people ride side, sa- side saddle in like movies and stuff like that, right, is that, you know, I always thought, you know, one, a part of it didn't necessarily look comfortable for the woman to be sitting side saddle. But mm. then I also had to give them mad props because, they would be riding these horses. Like yeah. these horses would be racing, jumping. Sometimes because they'd be riding side saddle, but still doing like, you know, the hur- hurdles and right, stuff like right, that. Right, right, right. And I'm like, yo, y'all, you really got to be boss for that. Like maybe right. even a little bit more boss than some of these, you know, cowboys or, you know, guys riding next to you and stuff. So mad props to the sisters, man. Yeah, yeah. that's right. That's yeah. right. And, and then probably they did have some stunt doubles that were, you know, and they would just do close-ups with the oh, sure. and stuff. But uh, yeah, um, you know, I, I was you know, trotting around and, you know, side saddle. So afterwards I was like, oh, I want to do this some more. I was like, where do you go to take uh, 
<laughs> go to a stable and say, hey, you got to, can I go side saddle? They think you're crazy. It's like, what? <laughs> right, right. But it was fun. It was just me and my karma with transportation in a film. It's like driving <laughs> and horse wreck riding. And, but anyway, but uh, yeah, there, was, there were two really fun movies. And I have to say, Glory was the costumes were I mean, both movies, the costumes were great. Um, I just love doing period pieces. And then even the, the piece that I did on Showtime, The 10,000 Black Men Named George, mm-hmm. um, that one just, you know, going, because my, my character was a beautician and, you know, in the 1920s and 30s and just handling the actual instruments from that time or just the whole milieu, just, I just love it. It's kind of nice going back in time. That's something special that actors get to do is, you know, get the hair done, get the costumes on for um, for period pieces. A lot of fun. Yeah. Amen. Uh, real quick before we, we move on, I how was it uh, working with the actor Leon? He, he he always came across to me as like a bit of an, an enigma. So I wonder, like, how it was actually working with him. Well, you know, I mean, he was fun. Like, for instance, the scenes that we did together, you know, he was, you know, he was generous. Um, he... You know, I thought he did some really good work. Um, you know, it's like we didn't hang out or buddy friends or anything like that. Um, but, um, you know, he's a nice guy. And, and um, you know, he was like we rehearsed it. I think Robert allowed us to improvise a little bit, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, create some of those lines. Um, and I can't remember you know, exactly. But I know that there was, Robert was really cool about binding stuff like, Oh, and then, Oh yeah, let's use that. I like it, you know, which was good. Um, but yeah, you know, I enjoyed working with him. I know you speak highly of your time, of course, working with Robert Townsend. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, it was, I mean, it was like, it was wonderful. And I think I told you the last time we spoke that what was so special about it, you know, I'm a New York East coast girl and, um, you know, I've gone out to LA to work and stuff, but, um, you know, grew up in the East Coast and, you know, real close to New York and stuff and love it. And so anyway, um, it was great because when I got there, um, you know, I saw Tico Wells play choir boy and he and I, you know, were best buddies. We had done a show together, a couple shows together in the city. John Terrell and I had done a play together at the Public Theater and Michael um, Wright and I went to the same acting school. So, oh, okay. yeah, wow. we both went to Cambridge Strasburg. Strasbourg yeah. Institute. Yeah. So that was like, uh, it was like a reunion kind of thing. And then I got to meet Harry and he's like actually still a good buddy friend of mine. He, when my first son was born, I, my first son turned a year old. Um, we gave him a party at my, um, at my, uh, former, my ex's mom's house. So Harry came in and he was just wonderful. I mean, you know, a one-year-old doesn't have any friends. Really, right. You know, I mean, yeah. you know, so it's basically the parent friends. So I said, do you, do you mind, would you do something? I said, do you want to be like the master of ceremonies? Just go around to everybody and interview them and stuff. And he was, I mean, he was just like so great. He did it. And it was hysterical. And we filmed it. And he was like, going to, I'm like, so how, what do you, how do you know this baby? And, you know, so. <laughs> I can see it. I can totally see, I see Harry Lennox doing it. Oh my God. I mean, he is, Harry is, I, I, my, my nickname for him is Sir Harry. He is, I have to tell you, ever since I've known him, he is such a gentleman. Really? Yeah. He is the consummate gentleman. He is, there's something about him that is quite 
I don't know. He's like from another era. Like, you know, okay. he, um, when I was filming about when I was actually, when I started filming 10,000 black men, they had just um, finished wrapped his piece, which I think was, uh, what was it about? Um, I can't think of the top of my head. Anyway, he played the lead. And um, so I don't know how his name came up. I was in the, in the, in the, um, the chair with the for hair and makeup. And somehow I mentioned his name and they were like, oh, did you just say Harry Lennox? I said, yeah, you know, we did, we worked together in the five heartbeats. So he, oh, he is the nicest man. They mm-hmm. couldn't stop talking about him. He said every single person he met, he was so kind and generous and wonderful. And that's kind of who he is. He's just, you know, he's a very, very special person. Just lovely. He's a lovely person. He has a lovely wife and just very, you know, they're a wonderful couple. That's yeah. cool. Top five. Who's your top five? All right, top five, ladies and gentlemen. This is where I will give you my top five list. And, you know, I felt like people were getting on me about last week's top five list. They thought that was like, I was, it was like, I saw somebody in the chat saying it was my shadiest list. Ever. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's true. <laughs> I don't know. What's the category? Top five of what? I mean, well, to, tonight's top five. I wanted to be a little bit more positive. Yes. And accentuate the positive. Accentuate the positive. Yes, Vincent. And because we are reviewing um, Friday Foster, Friday Foster, which is based on a comic strip, as we'll get into when, when we do the review, mm-hmm. I wanted to do top five comic strip movies. Okay. So the top five movies that were based on comic strips. Comic strips. Yes, comic yes. strips, mm-hmm. not comic books. Not comic books. Okay. Okay. All right. So this is just very positive. Very positive. And some of these films, people may not even know, were based on comic strips. So you're also teaching. Perhaps. It's edutainment. Some. I try. Yes. I try. Okay. So, are you ready, Vince? I am ready. All right. Cool. I'm ready. Carla is also ready. Carla is ready. Let's go. Now, I've got an honorable mention because we're doing top five, but I got an honorable mention at number six. Okay. Because this one is probably definitely the granddaddy of all these films. Mm-hmm. And if you were just going to go on volume, mm-hmm. this would have to be number one. Okay. But almost all of the iterations would fall under that category that you, Vincent, would call an old ass movie. Oh, that's segregation era films. <laughs> yes. Films my father would have had to sit in the balcony yes. to watch. Yes. Mm-hmm. And that would be the honorable mention would be the Blondie's movie series <laughs> from 1938 to 1950. Yes, yes. yes. What? What? It, 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 it's real. I know. I, I know it's real. I know it's real. real. The, the Blondie's movies. The, the, the Blondie's movie series. Um, it's from 1930. It's a total of 28 films, Vincent. Yes, in 28 films, all of them starring. Uh, Peggy Singleton in the role of Blondie. Well, of course. And Arthur Lake as Dagwood Bumstead, her I, husband. I mean, you got to have Arthur Lake. Yes. So that's the honorable mention. That's the honorable mention. Okay, it has been honorably mentioned. It's been honorably mentioned. 
All right. You, you never watched the Blondie series. Not, not, not one. Uh, and I feel like I've lived a full, rewarding <laughs> life. It, uh, Carlos, it, it, I'm not even going to ask Carlos. <laughs> Carlos, like, what, what, what are we here for? I, 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 no, 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 no. I mean, I, I'm always. To learn something new, I, I didn't know that. So. See, see, we've all learned about the block. Yes, it's films. based. It's, it's based, yeah. based on a comic right, strip. Right. Ar- Arthur Lake. Are you uh, are you familiar with the comic strip, Vincent? Yes. All right. It's yes. a comic strip by Chick Young oh, that is boy, still running you, in newspapers. You are filled with Blondie's facts. <laughs> I am. I am. All right. So anyway. All right. Number five. So that was honorable mention. Honorable mention. Number five. Yes. Number five. Is Dick Tracy oh, okay. from 1990? Okay. Did Sorry. you like this film? Sorry, Warren Beatty and Madonna. I liked it at the time. Okay. Um, this is based on the famous uh, Dick Tracy comic strip by Chester Gould. Yes. Um, I liked it at the time, and I, I can still watch it and get lost in the. The style of it. I was about to say the costumes the and costumes, the set designs. The are set amazing. designs. Mm-hmm. Um, I got a lot of room for for Al Pacino. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. Yeah. As prune face. I actually got a lot of a, a, a lot of time for Madonna in that. Madonna's not bad in it. She's not bad yeah, in she's it. She's a standout. Quite as kept the weak link is is Dick Tracy. Well, Warren you know, Bates. That's what happens sometimes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um but so 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 with that, when I watch it, I still think it's a fun-ish film. Five seems right. But number five. Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Okay. Were you a fan of the film? I I like, I've always liked the set design and I've always liked the costumes and and much like you, I thought Warren Beatty was miscast. Yeah, me too. Were you a fan of the film, uh, Carla? Well, yeah, you know, it's interesting to bring it up because at the time it was like, it was so like larger than life, but I agree that um, there was so much the style, it was so stylistically like, you know, bigger than life, sort of like comic mm-hmm. strip, you know, and then it, he was sort of like muted his performance, you know, right, exactly. compared to the other people that, like Pacino was great. I just, when I think about that movie, I think about his performance in there. It's just incredible. But yeah, I'm like, who, who, who would you have cast? Who do you think would have been a great uh, Dick Tracy? Oh, from 1990? That's a good question. Um, I mean, Dick, well, to be fair, Warren Beatty gets cast also because his name gets the movie made. Sure. I mean, it's coming of off the, it's coming off the heels of sure. Batman's big success. So they're looking uh, for comic book, comic strip type of things. But you still need a name at right. that time. Oh, absolutely. You need um, a name today, too. <laughs> well, yeah, but, but, but a movie can make the name because Chadwick Boseman was a name, but he wasn't. A superstar, right. sure. Right. When he gets cast as black fan, I don't know who I would cast as going back in, in time. I'd have to think about that. That's a good question. But meanwhile, number four, number four, Vincent is Over the Hedge from two thousand and six. <laughs> wow, over Over the Hedge, which is an animated DreamWorks film, um, starring the voices of. Bruce Willis, Steve Carell, Gary Shandling, Wanda Sykes, Nick Nolte, William Shatner, based on the comic strip of the same name by Michael Fry and T. T. Lewis. This, I'm telling you, 
is I can't say it was slept on it because it's a movie that made three hundred and forty million dollars off of an eighty million dollar budget. So it was a decidedly a hit. Mm. But I do think it's an underappreciated film. It is really, really good. Really, really funny. I've never heard of this film nor this comic strip. Well, it's a comic strip that it it it, it it's not like one of the more popular ones, so it doesn't have a large distribution. Um, and it wasn't distributed here in Philadelphia, but it definitely was a comic strip that you know of some notoriety, obviously, because it got made into a to a film. And this may be one of Gary Shandling's best performances on screen, even though it's just his voice. I, I can't comment on this at all. I've, I'm, <laughs> you should you should show like it to you, your son Adam. I feel like you're playing a practical joke on me. This existed. It it, it, it existed. I've seen this movie multiple times. I love this film. It is so funny. Wanda Sykes plays a skunk. I'll, it is I'll, all right. I'll jot it down. What yeah, year did it come out? Two thousand six. Wow. Two thousand. Not not okay. that old. I'm gonna look it up. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a really good. I'm telling you, you should show it to your son. Your son will enjoy. Okay. it. Okay, all right. And 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 ask 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 um Camille. Ask Camille. I bet Camille has checked it out. I, I bet I, she liked it. I will. I will ask her. All right. That's all number right. four. Number four. Number three. Number three of top movies based on comic strips. Flash Gordon um, from 1980. I can't wait to see what two films you think are better than Flash Gordon based on comic strips. So, so what about the, wasn't there something Flash Gordon and something done in the 50s too? Well, yes, there was. There was, there was the, there were the movie serials of Flash Uh, Gordon in in the the 50s, Um, but they were like a a feature film. And, and for this list, I can't do but so many old ass movies. Otherwise, Vince will just he'll just laugh at me. So trust me, I'll be right there. I got time for Buster Crab as Flash Gordon. God, but, see, <laughs> go ahead, go. see, see, you saw that face. Uh-huh. But, <laughs> but get in the balcony, darky. <laughs> but, <laughs> no popcorn for you. <laughs> but the 1980 Flash Gordon, yeah. Um, based on the King's feature comic strip of the same name, directed by Mike Hodges, famously stars Sam Sam Jones. Wait, I who, thought Dino De Laurentiis directed this. He no, he he produced, he produced it. it. He okay. produced it. All right, no, um, Sam Jones, who's still making money off on the on the convention circuit. I mean, off of Flash Gordon, um, Max Van Cedal. There mm-hmm. you go. There's a name. Yeah, and featuring a historic mm. soundtrack. Mm. By Queen. Uh, oh my gosh. Wow. Yes. He saved every one of us. That's right. So I I the soundtrack alone puts this at number three. Look, because the movie is not good. You have to go into it with the proper spirit. Yes, you have to go into it thinking cult film, silly film. And the costumes are amazing okay they're ridiculous yes but sam jones is uh, yeah sam jones is not the best actor no he's not he's not he's not and and max van cedo somebody they have to cattle prod him to wake him up for his scenes i think he's he's in all the scenery where 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 am i (laughs) (laughs) what (laughs) who who kidnapped me and left dropped me in this film yeah (laughs) yeah and um I just forgot his name. Who plays the doctor? One name. Fiddler on the roof. Topol. Topol. That's yes, right. Topol. Yes, Topol. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
trust me, Fiddler on the Roof is way Fiddler, above. He probably he probably leads with Fiddler on the Roof. Yes, yes. Right, right. Yes. But, but to be and fair. also, I was in Flash Gordon. So does he sing, if I was Flash Gordon? <laughs> oh, if only he had. If only he had. <laughs> that would make that this movie. Like, yeah. That would make moment. Now, Vincent, you can't believe that I could come up with two films based on comic strips that are better than this movie. I mean, I'm assuming Annie is about to show up. You would think that Annie would show oh, up. Oh, the sun will come out tomorrow. But no. No. not show up on this list. Really? It's a hard knock life. For not that I remember. <laughs> Probably because you didn't remember Annie. <laughs> no, because one, this is top five. Yeah. And two, Annie is a musical. But it's based on a comic strip. Yeah, but for the most part, I don't dig musicals. <laughs> Have you ever seen Annie? Yeah, I've seen it. Uh, oh my goodness, you don't like Annie? Uh, I'm a, I'm a, uh, you don't like musicals? Did yeah. you see Hamilton? No, I like it. Okay. We've this we've oh, this we we've learned that I actually oh. like musical plays. Oh Carla, don't musical movies. Oh, I see what you're saying. I, yeah. You I didn't like La La Land? That was a great movie. No. Well, no, okay, to be fair, I haven't seen La La Land. So <laughs> dun, 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 dun. There's there's no mic dropping on not seeing La La Land. Vince, have you seen La La Land? I've not seen La La Land. Okay, either. yeah, drop the mic on Vincent. I was hoping I could just be quiet and let you eat that. <laughs> no, I'm going to live here by myself. Right. No, I haven't seen La La Land. I think, now, I have seen some movie musical that I like. I like the movie musical Chicago. Okay. Mm, yeah, that's that's a good one. Yeah, yeah I, good I enjoyed one. that. Um, I liked Dream Girls. Of course. Of course. Of course. I like... Um, I, I I didn't mind Rent. Okay, yeah, you know, yeah, it's not wasn't good. It wasn't as good as the Broadway version. It was not as good as the play. Not you're you're absolutely play. right. All right. Okay, so at number two, number two, I don't believe I chose Annie. I know what I chose as number one. I honestly forget what I chose as number two. Number two, you don't have a piece of paper to look at. There you go. A boy <laughs> named Charlie Brown from 1969. Oh, that's that's a solid choice. A feature oh. film. Yeah. It's the film, it, it, and surprisingly, it's not a musical, but there's a lot of music in it. Of course. Um, that I don't mind. And it's a movie that talks about Charlie Brown going to the spelling bee. Yes. It's so tender. It yeah. Is so, it's, so, it's so beautiful. Misspells Beagle. I, man. It's heartbreaking. It's so heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, but it, it's so Charlie Brown. Yeah. Um, and I just love that. I love that movie. Yeah. 1969. Yeah. Uh, all of the producing principals involved in the TV specials are involved in the movie. Right. Charles yeah. Schultz, um, Bill Mendelssohn. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really good. I know people are probably hearing the music bleeding through the show outside a window. So I, that's what happens when you do the show. Do it live. We're doing it live, yeah. ladies and gentlemen. Um yeah, boy named Charlie Brown. I I absolutely adore that movie, and 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 I know it's been a long time since people see it. It still holds up. I yeah, oh yeah, it absolutely beautiful movie. Those are great characters. All that that whole, and I love the fact that in all a reiteration of Charlie Brown's, like the adults are. Like, I know they don't have voices. They just have like you know this gibberish, 
cancer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But Charlie Brown is such an interesting kind of character. I think everybody kind of can relate to him as a kid because, you know, he's, he's just, no matter how much he tries, he doesn't quite, you know, it's like the, 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 you know, Lucy's kind of the bully and she loves Schroeder, who's the intellectual pianist. And yeah, it's uh there's, there's a lot of good, um, good stuff. There's a, actually, there was a musical. I'm not sure if it was Broadway or off Broadway, but there was a musical. I, it did make it to Broadway. Yeah. Brown and, and uh, yeah. And it was, I never saw it, but I, I hear that it was pretty good. I heard it was pretty good. It's, it's actually a musical that gets done in high schools a lot. Mm. And then it gets them where in high schools, yeah. a lot of high oh, schools. Oh, um, you said in Iceland, and I was like, Oh, that's interesting. They put it on there too. Maybe in Iceland, yeah, that's um, that's no, and, your yeah, good and man Hills Charlie Brown. too, because it's kind of yeah. perfect for that, right? It's a you're a good man, Charlie. Yeah, you're Brown. a good man, Charlie. Right. Brown. But see, Len, I'm writing a musical, so now I don't think I can invite you to the um. You know, when I have to have people come give their feedback, but it's oh. not a regular musical, so oh. I think you'll find it ex- interesting. Oh, it's not a regular musical. Mm-hmm. Well, a- I mean, it's 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 got. Well, I th- I think because I have a, a lot of different types of music in there. There's, believe me, there's a lot of different types of music. So it's and it's you know, and actually, I'm writing it for uh, for television. So okay. It's, okay. It's got episodes and stuff, but uh, yeah. Right. So but right. I'll invite you anyway because I'll be like, "What do you think?" What you say? Huh? You didn't like it? What? Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay. That's the answer I'm looking for. <laughs> very true. Very true. All right. You ready right. for our number one movie based on a comic? Strip? Number one movie based on a comic. Strip. And no, it's not Andy. There's a drum roll. It's not Andy. All right. The Adams Family from 1991. Good choice. choice. A film that a lot of people don't know is based on a comic comic strip. That's right. Because a lot of people think it's just based on the TV series. Right. That was based on the comic strip. It was based on and the they comic. even have a musical version version of the Adams family that was on Broadway. Yes, so. yes they do. And and there's an actual new Adams family that's going to be uh, coming up on Netflix. Uh, Netflix, yeah. Called Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, oh, I think wow. It, I think it's it's Tim Burton that's doing that, I believe. Maybe, yeah. It's, it's that seems like his deal. So, yeah. But but the the Adams family from 1991 with Raul Julia, Angelica Houston. Um, I look, man. I think that film is like when they said they were going to do a movie version of the Adams family. Yeah, and you knew they were going to while they're pulling it from is based on the comic strip you know a lot of it's coming from the from the television exactly series. because famously the television series is the is the iteration that actually gave names to the characters they never had names in the comic strip oh that's so, interesting I yeah didn't know charles that. adam that's never he just did a, a series of comic strips of, of this this weird right family family mm-hmm. but he never gave them any names interesting so the, it was the com it was the the tv series that gave all of them names okay um and really fleshed out those characters okay the way that they did and so you knew that the movie was going to be pulling from that as well and the performance in the television series by john astin and carolyn jones um 
and and all of the other actors on there, Jackie Coogan as mm-hmm. it's just like you know they are iconic. Absolutely, absolutely iconic. So to cast who's going to follow up in that, that you know, that, you know that's some huge shoes to to fill. Right. And yet, I think they they did very well. With first of all, I wouldn't have. I myself don't think I would have cast Raul Julia. I don't think that he would have been my first choice. But man, does he kill it! Now you can't see oh, yes. in the role. Yes. You can't. You can't. Um, and to to uh, to be fair, I'm not even sure I would have cast um, Angelica Houston either. Right. Yet. She kills it as well. She, yeah. It, oh, yeah, but she's she's got that kind of. I could see her like as a yeah. first choice though, because you know she um, she she yeah she's an interesting actress. I mean, she's got that like really strong, but you know, mm-hmm. like, she could also play the kind of like a little bit you know offbeat characters and stuff. Right. You know? So yeah, yeah, and, and, and she has the the striking beauty, but oh, also no, yeah, ethereal right. visage. Right. That I, to be fair, I'm not even sure Carolyn Jones necessarily had. She right. so she actually embodies the the character from the comic strip even more, Angelica Houston. Right. And then Christopher Lloyd. Who looks <laughs> nothing like Jackie Coogan? Yeah, built nothing like Jackie Coogan, but he becomes Uncle Fester. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He becomes Uncle Fester, and I, I, I just fell in love with that film, and that is why, to me, that is the number one film based on a comic strip. A solid choice and a solid list. Solid list. You're good with that list. Um, I have no problem with this list at all. Although I'm, there's still a part of me that thinks you're pulling some type of Andy Kaufman practical joke with that on the hedge thing, over the hedge thing. But I'm <laughs> going to believe that this actually this really happened. <laughs> I stand educated. I I have yeah. to say, starting with Blondie, I yes, <laughs> I learned a lot today. There so you go. Good. There you go. Sharon Sharon Eldridge says. Damn, Len. First Goonies, now Annie, pooping <laughs> all over my childhood. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I don't, yeah, I, yeah. I don't mean to yeah, to yeah. poop on your, uh, your childhood. You just do it naturally. I I do. Uh, Farrell Blackwell says that they need to give Charlie Brown the Avenue Q treatment. Oh, boy, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that, Farrell. Um, you have. I love your audience. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, they're special. They're, they're oh, yeah. oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> they, they are definitely special. Uh, Farrell Blackwell also saying that he had no idea that the Adams Family was a comic strip. Yeah, so it's, it's a, a good strip too. Pick. If, if you also, find some collections, oh that, yeah, that's a good investment. Uh, he has a question for you, Carla, in regards to the musical that you're writing. Please tell us it's a reboot of Cop Rock. <laughs> No, I, I would not want to do that. No, no, no. That was like, you know, I, I remember like when that was coming out, I was like, oh yeah, this is great. You know, I was like, yeah, it didn't how long did it last? It was it was basically a, you know. Yeah, I don't even think it lasted like three episodes. I was about to say, I don't think it went six. Yeah. Yeah. Great yeah. idea. You know, great idea. And it doesn't mean it can't work. It just means that that wasn't the, that wasn't the time or that wasn't the best way to, to manifest it. Look, you always love a big swing. 
Yeah. And encourage you like something that's innovative mm-hmm. and different. And Absolutely. sometimes, you know, I mean, I, I can't speak to that specifically, but sometimes there are things that just like don't fit at that time. Then you look back and say, that's an interesting concept. Then somebody does it like 20 years later and does their spin on it and it works. Right. So, exactly. You know, there's nothing wasted except that I'm sure they were disappointed. And the actors I'm sure were disappointed that it didn't have a life, but wow, I'm telling you, you know, your stuff like cop rock. I haven't heard that <laughs> mentioned in quite some time. So no, it has nothing to do with that, but um, yeah. But it got a lot of different kinds of music. And like I said, I will definitely invite both of you when we have a reading. All it. right. Looking uh, we forward can't wait. to it. We can't wait. All right. It's I'll time. I'll send a limo to Philadelphia and bring you up to the city. Yes. All right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> really? Well, I like it already. Exactly. I think this is the best music. Exactly. Out. All right. Let's, let's get into. Degrees of Durbel Martin, where Vincent will attempt to get from 70s heartthrob Durbel Martin mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, to an actor of my and I believe Carla, I asked yes, you to did ask me thing, and I already have my actor chosen. So, yes, yes, okay, all, all right. right. So, so it, in six movies or less, so Vincent, yes, you want my actor first, or you want to. Start with Carla's. I'm gonna get yours and get it out of the way, and then we'll luxuriate with Carla's. All right, all right. So, mm-hmm. so we'll go with mine first. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We got. I don't have a graphic for Carla's, but I do have a graphic for mine. Okay. So, in six movies or less. Six movies or less. Get from Dervell Martin. Dervell Martin to, to Warren Beatty. Wow. Warren Beatty. Yes, Warren Beatty. Okay. Now. Okay. You can't use the film that we've brought up with him already today. Why not? Dick Tracy. Why not? Well, trying to make it a little sporting. Oh, my goodness. What else is well, you, don't, you don't know of a Dick, the Warren Beatty movie? Okay. Warren Beatty. Can I help him a little bit? I got it. I got it. I'm, I got it. Warren Beatty. Okay, so this is how we're going to get to Warren Beatty. Okay. Dervall Martin is in Guess Who's Coming to Dinner? Yes. With Sidney Portier. Yes. Sidney Portier is in A Raisin in the Sun mm-hmm. with Louis Gossett Jr. Oh. Lou Gossett Jr. is, of course, in An Officer and a Gentleman with Warren Beatty. Warren Beatty's not in the officer. No, anymore. that is Richard Gere. That's, that's what I was thinking. It was like, huh? Okay, let me start all over again. Warren Beatty. What is Warren Beatty? Can in? I give him a hint? Like maybe throw some Warren Beatty films at him. Throw one. Throw Warren one Beatty. Warren Beatty. Okay, I'm gonna throw Bonnie and Clyde at you. Oh right, because he's in that with uh, what's her name? Faye Dunaway. Faye Dunaway. I feel like we've gone to Faye Dunaway before. And I, we have. And Faye I Dunaway forget, was early on. I forget how I got to Faye Dunaway. Yeah, because there's another actor in there who gets you there. 
There's another act. I, I'm not going to give it to no, you. No, no, no. I'm going to go to Faye Dunaway, but it's going to be real. It's going to be real clunky and dirty. Okay. It's going to be real clunky. Well, and we dirty. like it dirty. All right. <laughs> so, um, Derville Martin is in, um, Is in um what I wanna because I'm gonna get right to it. Derville Martin, you know, let's just say he's in the final come down. Okay. With Billy D. Williams, mm-hmm. who is in, let's say, Bingo Long and his traveling all-stars with Richard Pryor, who's in Superman 3 with Christopher Reeve, mm-hmm. who's in Superman with um mark um i forget his last name but the kid who plays jimmy olsen oh um mark i know who you're talking about uh hold on because mark Marin is in my head but of course that's wrong um <laughs> uh, mark mcclure mark mcclure who's in supergirl with faye dunaway who's in bonnie and clyde with lauren Beatty. all right very all right. good they're good. Good hint. Yeah, you, did, you, you, you gave, gave me a, a you gave me a good hint, Carla. You gave him a great hint, but yeah. you went to the harder actor. I know who 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 was easier. Gene Hackman. I, you know what? I thought Gene Hackman was in there, but I wasn't sure. And when you were going Superman, I right. thought you were going to go, I was to, Gene go to Gene Hackman. I went right past Gene Hackman. He just went all the yeah. way to Supergirl. Yeah. I was shook because of that Richard Gere Warren Beatty thing. <laughs> Well, it know, shook me. You know, it's fine. All right. We we found your blind spot. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Who you got, Carla? Well, I I and perhaps this is too easy. I was going to say Idris Elba. Oh, Idris Elba. Idris Elba. So from Derville Martin. Derville Martin. To Idris Elba. To Idris. It's six movies or it's less. Six movies or less. You know what? Let's have some fun in honor of our guest. Okay. Derville Martin is in Sheba Baby with Pam Greer. Mm-hmm. Pam Greer is in our featured film this evening, Friday Foster, with, is it David Bryan who plays the senator? No, that's not David What's Bryan. What's his name? That is, um, is it, uh, oh, Paul? He was in the Five Heartbeats. Um, I forget his name. Um Paul. He played uh, Choir Boy's dad. Yep. He, yeah, that's right. Paul, oh, hold, on, hold, on, hold on. Paul, Paul Benjamin. Paul Benjamin. Got it. Paul Benjamin is yep, in. Paul Benjamin. Five, yep, is in the Five Heartbeats with Carla Brothers. Although it didn't make it to the screen, in our heart, it actually happened. Carla Brothers was in Glory with Denzel Washington, who is an American gangster. With Idris Elba. You did it. Oh my goodness. That's great. Wonderful. Very good. There you go. I'm there glad you. I was going to, the other choice was, I was going to, maybe that would be too easy. So I said, maybe I'll say Sir Lawrence Olivier. And I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> what? You can't. Six no, we actually did Lawrence Olivier. I was about to say, we, we got to him. Yeah. That's. Uh, that was fabulous. I mean, you all, yeah. that was very good. Very <laughs> nice. I have to give you your props for that. Very nice. If we could make some money off of it, we'd make some money off of it. But you can, you know, you could just ask everybody to 
place their bets whether you're going to win or lose. Yeah, because I think I think Farrell Blackwell be placing bets in the chat, and I think he's making some dough. <laughs> I'm seeing people. What if there was a six degrees of Derville? Martin black market that we didn't know about. That we didn't know about. People just didn't know money. about it. Yeah, make people making money off of it. All right. Oh I see, gosh. I see people handing out their PayPal accounts. Right. Um, any- well, I, I have to say, I'm very impressed. I mean, really, that was quite amazing. Really, very, very good. Very good. Uh, yes. Deborah Battle is actually pointing out that uh, he should have said Estelle Parsons in the Watermelon Man with Miss Martin. She is in Bonnie and Clyde with Warren Beatty. Oh, that's right. It tells us. Oh, Parsons- that's right. That's yeah. right. That's you know, right. Thank Parsons- you, Deborah. She turns, up, she turns up everywhere. She does. She because, does. Because for the longest time, she, because I don't, she was a, a kind of like recurring character on the old Roseanne yes. TV show. Yes. And I said, I know her from something. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't remember where I knew her from. And it wasn't until the show was off that I remembered that I, I remembered her from, you know, Bonnie and Clyde. I'll say lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Very good, Deborah. All right. Very good. And very good for you, Carla. Very yes. good. Very good, very Vincent. Good. Very good all around. Hey, that was fun. Well done. All right. All right. It is time for us to get into our review. Hey, Friday Foster. A Friday Foster. We'll be back with the film review soon as we do something funky and have steps in it. Cambridge. A Mars Eartha Kitt. A black goddess come to Earth. Yafit Kodo. She's just all woman. You're my main man. Scatman Crothers. I sister here. Hey, what you doing? Thalmus Rasulala. You've got guts. Hey, what you doing? Ted Lansd. Heavy. In Friday Foster. Like who is Friday? Well, first, I'm a woman. your skull Friday that your life is in danger and that someone is trying to kill you? So you're out of the slammer. I thought I wouldn't see you until visiting hours. How was the bread and water? You've got something for me, Colt. I might look into something for you in Washington, D.C. tomorrow. Well, all right. When do we go? You're not going anyplace. No way. It's open season on that super sister. And every stud in his brother is out to put her down or shake her up but she don't dig that game I'm delivering the milk fancy there is nothing you have that i want and i don't hustle for nobody hustle you have lost your mind my ladies don't think that their nigga has lost his mind with them bad rags each one's got her own personal health and welfare plan Daytime too. Friday, Friday, get it on. 
there's an army outside with enough guns to start World War III. Everybody's Girl Friday. Foster. At a Los Angeles airport, magazine photo photographer Friday Foster witnesses an assassination attempt against billionaire Blake Tarr and is drawn into a murky political conspiracy. Friday Foster, an American black exploitation film written and directed by Arthur Marks, starring Pam Greer with Yafit Koto, Eartha Kitt, Scatman Crothers, Godfrey Cambridge, and Carl Weathers. This film was the selection of our very special guest, Carla Brothers, for tonight's <laughs> 1975 stop on the Michelle Mission. Carla, what say you of Friday Foster? Well, as I was saying uh, previously, you know, it was, um, yeah, I had to put on my 1975 glasses and, you know, understand it in terms of the context. Because when you look at it from 2022, there's there's some things that were sort of like, oh, that's, you know, um, you know, I I think, like I said, I I uh, well, first of all, what I love the music was fabulous. I mean, it's just like you know, even her little theme song that came out and stuff. I mean, you know, it's like it's. Um, I thought what was really what got me was sort of like the twists and turns in it. I didn't expect them. You know, mm-hmm. it was it like it was pretty like and it was I was like, oh wait a minute, did that just happen? Like what, what you know, how did that what happened there, you know? And so that kind of kept me on my toes, you know, like about three quarters of the film. And um like I said, I think that it's um it's revelatory in the context of the time that it came out. It was a a woman that's doing you know, I call them superhero movies because they were. I mean, they're women that are doing extraordinary things, solving mysteries, murder mysteries, and all that kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. No, it's not like Wonder Woman, but in a way it kind of is, you know. Um, in more ways than one. Exactly. So from that perspective, and I, and it's interesting, too, because when, like like I said, her boss just says, ah, just take your suite behind over there and do your thing, or blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, ooh. But then, you know, it's like she she doesn't take it in and internalize it, but she does do, I mean, like the woman's jumping into like ice cream, not ice cream, milk trucks. And I'm like, damn, everybody's like, you know, just like running. I see a vehicle there. I think I'll just drive. <laughs> doesn't matter who it belongs to. I'm going to get in the car and take it. Cause I need to get, you know, and I guess the thing was really interesting to me was that, you know, I was like, you know, don't let him get away. And I'm like, and at that point, I'm thinking, yeah, if Akoto doesn't have a gun, <laughs> they can I just run after him. I'm going to beat you up. You know, it's like, but then he, I don't know, mysteriously, one manifests and, he, you know, he ends up having, I love the fact he punches, like, you know, Mr. Weathers until uh, he um, succumbs. But, um, you know, it was, it was I guess the, the, the part that I thought was interesting is when she first goes after Carl Weathers in the warehouse Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's when she takes the first vehicle and ends up there. Oh, the ambulance. No, not the ambulance. The, 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 no, the, uh, the hearse. The hearse right. from the funeral. 
Exactly. And so, you know, she goes in there and I'm thinking, this woman does not have any weaponry. You know, all she has is your camera and she's holding her camera like it's a weapon. And it was just like, it was a great metaphor. You know? It's like, I'm a photographer. So don't mess with me. You know, and I'm thinking, wow. I mean, they don't give her any, you know, thing. She doesn't have any special skills in terms of fighting or anything like that. She has no karate or anything like that. So that was, you know, kind of like a little, you know, not believable or whatever. But, um, you know, I, I had to, you know, give her props, the character Friday for her gumption, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. yeah. You know, but, you know, it's like, and, you know, she's, and then it's like at the end, I love it, you know, the, the two of these guys, it's like, you know, they're talking and it's like all of a sudden they're like talking sweet things. Next thing, they're in the, the hot tub together. <laughs> you know, and it's, like, it's like, wow, okay. Things move fast in the 70s. I'm telling you, and then it was great because it was like at the end, and and Yafa Koto, I think he was just superb the whole film, and you know, there's a Ted Lang, you know, there's there's just wonderful, you know, work, but his his work was just kind of like I, I never really saw him being comedic before, and there was just nice little where he actually is like the gal Friday kind of to, you know, exactly, you know, he's the Robin to Batman kind of thing. So from mm-hmm. that perspective, it was very. Um, you know, like really um, progressive in that respect, mm-hmm. you know, um, again, had it been written by a woman, which, you know, that wasn't happening in black exploitation films at that time. But, um, you know, it probably would have been a little more nuanced in terms of the character and, you know, and, and given her a little more depth. But, um, you know, I totally got the fact that, I mean, you know, at the end she says, she's got all these gifts I've got, you know, and he's like, yeah, I only have this little thing for you. And obviously he likes her a lot. And, and you know, she said, you'll always be my guy. And, you know, it's kind of sweet. You know, he's <laughs> like, you know, it's like, it's not like a romantic kind of thing, but they'll always be buddies no matter what. And that was really right, sweet. Right, that was right. really sweet. And, you know, I thought that she did some really nice work. Um, you know, I, it's... It's like, um, I'm trying to think like one of my favorite scenes. Uh, I think, well, I think when she was like kind of like, you know, chasing the guy and like, you know, asking, you know, like trying to find out what was going on or when her friends kept dying around her. um, That was a little bit, um, it was a little disconcerting, like. You know, I think a normal person would just say, wow, this is getting a little too dangerous. I don't know when she's watching people like shooting themselves. She's taking pictures going like, hmm. It's like kind of like photographers that are in combat. You know, it's like, I don't know, for me personally, I think I'd be like, okay, sorry, uh, CNN, I got to bow out here because I, I want to live. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. Right. I see that. I see that. Click, 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 click. And I'm like, wait a minute. For some those. 70s films, it's like those those gunshots are loud. It's not like, you know, it's like, boom, 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 Right, right. But, um, it's, you know, it's like... Well, the, the, the one aspect of the of the the movie that I don't think it drums home, um, and if you follow the, the comic strip upon which the the film is based, you you maybe know this or maybe you don't because you don't you don't really clue in on it. The comic strip, uh, which was created and written by Jim Lawrence and illustrated by Jorge uh, Lagarde. Um, 1970, right? Right, 1970s uh, comic strip of the same name, Friday Foster. The character Friday Foster is actually the photographer's assistant in, right. in the comic strip. Right. So she actually is the person kind of like holding the camera bags and stuff like mm-hmm. that. And then she kind of like gets pulled into the action in the comic strips, um, even though if you if you've read them and and I think both of us actually have the collection. 
I actually, I, I had, I don't have the collection. It's sold out every time. Oh, that's right. Every time you go, I was about to say it's a sore spot with me. I'm sorry. Well, right. I have, I have the yes, collection. Yes, I know you have shit. it. <laughs> sorry. Um, well, I, I don't have it, so I, I'm listening and gleaning. Yes, tell us, Lynn. What to educate me? If you if you read it, you know she definitely is kind of like the star of the comic strip, but the actual photographer who is the the white character, he actually gets in gets in a little bit of the action as well. For the movie, they dial back his character. Oh you, yeah, you see him introduced in here, but he really is like you know he can't be reached. Right. So that's why the 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 editor of glance magazine says well friday i need you to go to take the pictures which then makes sense to your point carla of why she is then she's going to take her shot this is her shot you know like so yeah i'm going to stick in here and i'm going i see oh my god there's an assassination attempt going on i'm going to stay here and take the pictures because one i think i'm in relative safety nobody knows i'm here so it's not like she's standing in the midst of the fray um and this is her shot. This is her opportunity. Absolutely. This is her Peter Parker moment, you know, right. as, as it That's were. Right. So uh, it's that I was at absolutely fine with. Um, and then them playing her up as then like, you know, seeing that she is really like the brains of the operation that kind of like plays online with the comic strip a little bit. And so you're going to build it up because you do have this star of the moment, Pam's Pam Greer in a vehicle that is a movie first, but the 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 writer and creator of the movie Arthur Marks, he also envisions this as a TV series. Right. And, and you can one hundred percent tell, and that. you can tell it. You can tell it from the way the movie even opens. Yeah, that right. this almost plays like a TV pilot. That's right. That's, that's, right. that's you know exactly. Uh, where I put my notes. Except that you know you've got. Bigger name stars because Yafit Kodo, um, uh, um, Godfrey Cambridge, Eartha mm-hmm. Kitt, uh, and Thomas Rosala, who we didn't even mention, right? They, right. they are definitely movie stars in black cinema, at, yeah, at, 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 if nowhere, nowhere else at that time, you know what I mean? So y- you've got them in what ostensibly is a is a is a TV pilot, it's it's it right. 100% looks like they. This was the blueprint, right, for a continuing series right. of, you, you know, to go. You, we were talking about the Sandman earlier. I know Neil Gaiman calls it an idea generator. Mm-hmm. Like this, very much is an idea generator that you can see. Yeah, you see they're building up the whole world with uh, uh, Ted Lang, with Tang Lang, the, the, as the pimp with the heart of gold, the apparently. pimp with the heart of gold that just wants to get, get Friday into his flock. Right, you know, right. Um, her her kid brother, who's yeah. a little bit of a hustler, you know, even the Yafit Koto guy Friday, yeah, kind of role. Um, which to you, you you pointed out, Carla. Um, like we talked about Yafit Koto and the Monkey Hustle, and I know you love the Monkey I Hustle. I do love the Monkey Hustle. I don't got a lot of time for the, the, the Monkey Hustle. I got time for Yafit Koto in this movie, yeah, because Yafit oh, yeah, Koto is wonderful. He was wonderful. exceptional. He's either the light in this film, and yes. you could, and you could see him try building, trying to build a rapport with uh, Pam Greer, Friday Foster in, yeah. in the film. Um, so I like him. I like everybody. You do get the feeling. I don't know about y'all. 
But you do get the feeling between Yafe Koto, Ted Lang, Thomas Rosala, um, Paul Benjamin, even Godfrey Cambridge, even though he's playing a gay club owner. Mm-hmm. But, but, but interesting, look, think about it for a minute. He goes over the top in that scene. But then when you see him on the phone, you know, yeah, he's, totally he's, different. Uh-huh. You see that, right. Then I got, oh, he was performing for them. Mm-hmm. So like, oh, my darling, you know, that kind of thing. So you get a sense, of course, he gets smashed, you know, to smithereens after that. But, you know, it, you can really see that he was making choices as the actor to, to take it over the top. You know, so, yeah, that was sort of like, wow. <laughs> There's no. Godfrey, Godfrey Cambridge gets smashed in a phone booth. I must have watched that scene three times. <laughs> it's pretty I, hilarious. I laughed at that scene so hard. I'm sorry. But, but you, you know, when he looks, it's just like, it's like, oh my, okay, bye. And then it's like, what's yes. going on here? And then it literally was like a cut to a scene from Benny Hill. What yeah. you can see is the dummy in, right, the, in right. the phone booth, but you don't care. Because it's flattened. Because it's flattened. Yeah. Right. Um, but you, it would have been great if somebody had taken his body and shook it out like the cartoons and just like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you do, I almost got the sense that all of them like, like flip the coin for who's going to get the hot tub scene with, with Pam <laughs> in this movie, right? And, and, and you see Paul Benjamin, it's like, well, at least I get the kiss scene, right? Right. But Yafi Koto, for the rest of the film, he's got a, like a, a, a smile on his face. But deep down, you know he's sad. I mean, because he lost the coin. Look, flip. man. <laughs> you know, maybe they got in. Maybe they had a relationship post movie. You know? No, because at this time, which is which is another thing that I couldn't I couldn't take my mind off of. At the time of this film, Pam Greer is in a very significant relationship. With Richard, Richard Pryor. Pryor. That's right. Richard Pryor? Oh, oh yeah. The comedian Richard Pryor. Yeah, yeah. And I mean significant to the point where she is at that time, like, trying very hard to get him to fly straight and and divulge himself of, of the, like, the demons that he had, you, you know? So, I... I, I, I I couldn't help but laugh at that a, a little bit during this film. Um, there, was, and there was a lot of gratuitous, um, it, but you re- know what, revealing of of women's uh, you know top parts there. Um, True, it, it, was, it was gratuitous. It wasn't necessary. No, it was. right. But right. again, it's and they did you know I guess in the hot tub or was it the bed? I guess in the hot tub they showed you know. Well, she showed the chest Right. I mean, it was there was a lot of. Uh, you know, a lot of bosom, and um, I guess you know that's really about. They knew people wanted to come and you know guys well, would come and see the film because of that. You know, that's what's going to get the butts in the seat. I, I mean, like you said, this at this point, this is her fifth, her fifth mm-hmm. American international film, and yeah. and that's and her last, and her last, her last one, right? right? This is the last one right. on her contract, and unfortunately. There was always that part of seeing mm-hmm. a Pam Greer film. Right. Yeah. But I have to say, of the films, this I, I think this is the first time I've actually seen this unedited, frankly. Okay. Because I've seen Friday Foster on television, and obviously those scenes have been edited out. Mm-hmm. But you can see how they could very easily be Take edited out. out. Yeah. Like I think of the Pam Greer filmography from this period 
something you said, Carl. I think there's something very sweet about this film mm-hmm. and this character that Pam Greer plays. Like, I love the fact that she's not Foxy Brown. Yeah. Like, and she doesn't know karate. And she's like, she's, she's a a journalist. Mm -hmm. She's a reporter. So, you know, she's very smart. You know, she's very ambitious, you know, very brave, but this is not, you know, this is not coffee going undercover with an Afro kicking ass and taking names. And, and, and it's just, it was a lot of fun. I thought it was a lot of fun. I, I liked Pam Greer's costumes. Like she actually was dressed like I remember seventies career women were dressed. Like mm-hmm. oh, a lot of go, what are gazpachos and um right, right, and right. suits and boots and scarves. Like I feel like my mother had a lot of these outfits in oh, the seventies. Yeah. Well, I I'm telling you right now, my girlfriend was watching the film and she was like, "I want that scarf. I want that East Saint Laurent scarf." Yeah. Yeah, so I, I liked it. I actually liked it a lot. It did have that TV pilot feel. And I almost wish they would have leaned into this as a series. Like as a film series. Like so I wish they followed. Right. Like I, I could have right, seen right, 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 two right, or three right. more movies with this cast mm-hmm. and these characters. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, most definitely. Most definitely. It's interesting, you know, because you know, when I found out that it was you know, they were considering it being a television series when I looked at the ending and it was just like, dot, dot, dot. I mean, it, it, yeah. you know, it wasn't conclusive that it was like, you know, that nobody, none of the protagonists that were going to continue on died. You know, I got kind of worried when I saw the kid brother there. I thought that guy was Carl Weathers was going to, you know, do something. But yeah, so that was an indication to me that, you know, t- towards the end, it's like everything, there's a continuance right here. They set it up for that. And uh, it'll be interesting to find out what happened, why it didn't happen. But maybe it was just a little too much. They were afraid that, you know, at that time in the 70s, there, I'm sure there was a lot of censorship in television. And maybe because she was, um, uh, you know, a sex symbol, uh, so to speak. But then, you know, there was like, what's the Linda, what's her Carter? And, you know, she had on the, uh, you know, the Miss, uh, you know, the very tight uh, mm-hmm. Wonder Woman outfit and stuff. So. But um, I was thinking about when I was, I hope I'm, I, I, well, I was going to hope I didn't interrupt you. Did I interrupt you? No, 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 no. no, no. You know, I, I, I took some notes as I was watching and, um, you know, I was thinking about Charlie's Angels, you know, and, uh, you know, in a way the glance editor is, you know, not that they're just comparatively, you know, Charlie, you never get to see him. He's just a voice on the whatever on the phone. But, um, you know, it's a man who's basically, you know, telling these women, you know, like what their their assignment is and that kind of thing, too. So I think that was acceptable at that time. Um, Yeah, I don't think there was anything on television where women were sort of in control if they were playing detectives or anything like that, or, you know, any type of investigative work, there was definitely always a man that was in charge and sort of giving directions. So, you know, know, so that's why, I mean, it's always like you look at something in terms of what was, you know, happening. So yeah, in terms of the whole feminist, feminism, you know, feminist movement, um, I think probably that the, the writer director probably felt like, wow, this is, She's pretty, you know, she's pretty out there. You know, she's not home baking cakes and having kids and stuff. She's out there, you know, with a career. And um, so, you know, it's always helpful to look at something from the perspective 
of being there at the time and understanding what the, the you know, the societal norms were, you know, because it's easy to project onto like, well, looking at it from 2022 after the Me Too movement and all that kind of stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 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 And 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 again, just to reference her other work, I think some of her other films don't age as well as this does. Yeah. Frankly, yeah. I, I mean, when you think about the the scenes, you think about the nudity, you think about the love scenes. I mean, they're actual love scenes. Like, I love the fact that the senator and the billionaire are actually still trying to woo her at the end. Exactly. You, you exactly. know, like it's actually kind of romantic and. And you unfortunately don't see that in a lot of these films. We we talked about the uh, Candy Tangerine Man that we reviewed last week, and it it's it's rough. It's rough watching a lot of these films with the twenty twenty two uh, lens. So I was I, I was pleasantly surprised. You also don't see film. you also don't see uh, the level of craft on display in this film as opposed to other the other films. Um, and we, we, we touched on the acting, but I just want to touch on just the fact, like, you could definitely see there quite a bit more of a budget to this movie. Well, we talked about the costumes. Well, we talk about the costume. I'm yeah. not even talking about the costume. I'm talking about, look. Car chases and... Car, there's multiple car chases. There's a car that... Uh, that glance that gets glanced by another car and blows up. That's Why? Because yeah. we pay for this because car to we blow pay up. For this car to blow this up. This car is right. Blow up. There is there is a two minute scene of a helicopter landing on a building. <laughs> Why? Because right. we pay for this helicopter. <laughs> for you know what? Result of the climb out of. And you know what? It's going to if it takes two minutes to, to film it landing on this building. We're going to take those two minutes. What? We still got more time with the helicopter than write that helicopter into the end of the movie. I want see it. I don't see the helicopter at the end of the movie. Right, right. The helicopter ain't doing nothing at the end of the movie. Yeah. But this helicopter's at the end of the we movie. We rented Why? it for the whole day. Because we rented the helicopter yeah. for the day. We got the we got the day for the helicopter. Yeah. Oh yeah. Shoot, we're gonna use this helicopter. Oh yeah. What? So you want East St. Laurent scarves? I want a helicopter. Yeah. And and it, and they made it happen. Yeah. So so I appreciated that. I also want to circle back to something that Carla said about her chasing Carl Weathers. <laughs> she chased Carl Weathers. And then Yafet Koto was chasing Carl Weathers. And I actually wrote in my notes, what does Yafet Koto think is going to happen if he catches Carl Weathers? Exactly. But that's what I was thinking. I mean, like he doesn't, we don't see, he does brandish, you know, a, 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 a pistol. I don't know where it comes right. from. I guess he carries it. I don't know. What was his job? That's what was unclear to me. I mean, I know he, Koto, was, her, he was a private eye. Well, he said he was a private detective. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. As he, used was. To, he used to be a cop. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. Quick aside. Quick aside. <laughs> What was the deal with the cop with the potato chips? With the potato chips. And he was going to be a recurring character. He was even that. What was his you know, catchphrase? It was like. I wish I had a beer. I wish I had a beer. I wish I had a beer. <laughs> Either he was going to be a recurring character or if, it, or if it was his job to make sure that the Ruffles bag always faced the camera. That's right. Because this this film was sponsored by Ruffles. <laughs> it, was, right. it was it was early product placement. <laughs> That's right. They were yeah. Friday Foster was ahead of its time. 
He had, you, he, you know, they were, they were also thinking about the t-shirt, you know, instead of like, what was that thing called about that? Like I, I, uh, where's the meat? This one would have been like, I should have. Yeah. Had a beer. I had a beer. yeah. I mean, he, he had chips at the murder scene. Yeah. He had chips at the funeral. Yeah. He was at the funeral with a bag of chips. Wishing that he had a beer. <laughs> I kept waiting for somebody to put their hand on his shoulder and say, Hey man, we should probably talk about all this drinking. Because why did he always like he just woke up? I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, he looked a little like sort of a one of those uh, moments where the, everything's kind of crumpled up, like he slept in his clothes a little bit. You know? Yeah, but uh, yeah, they were trying. What's his name? The the um, I can't think of his name. He's a private eye. Uh, you know the one Clumbo. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's always like, well, you know, like, uh, you know, it just looks like you just kind of rolled out of bed. Maybe that was their. their this uh, dude made Columbo look like James Bond. Yeah. Let's like this, this guy, this guy is his shirt wasn't buttoned right. Yeah. He, he was real rough looking. He was real. But again, he was part of the cast of characters. He was part of the cast. He, he, he was, he, yo, he's like, I can do the series. Yeah. Y'all can't get Yafit. I can do the series. I can do the series. You know, so there you go. So th- th- that was that was taking me out. I, 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 but okay, I love her. Yes. What was Eartha Kitt doing in this movie? I have no idea. What she, was she got her little like trademark. She got that in there twice. I have no idea. You know what? Eartha Kitt may have liked the comic strip. She may have been a fan of the comic strip. Was that it? I have no idea how Eartha Kitt ended up in this movie. I, I don't know what she was doing in the movie. I mean, she was the head of the of fashion. fashion. She was the head of the fashion the line. Fashion. And then she took two hours to die. <laughs> Friday, go and get a pencil. Go get a pencil. Write down what I'm going to say to you. <laughs> I'll wait for you. Pull it out of my drawer. Like, I was like, There's a sharpener on, right. on the other side. Of the I was like, Friday, you should probably call an ambulance or something. <laughs> like it took her a half hour to die. Yeah, that that is strange. And the other one was somebody else, and she said, "Is anybody going to get an ambulance?" You know, oh, when her girlfriend gets stabbed, <laughs> right, right. Her right. girlfriend gets stabbed, and I'm sorry, but that was really cold when she talked to her on the face. I'm sorry, I can't, I can't talk to you, but but I'm really, I'm having a really hard time. Would you please come over? She says, "I can't. I got this assignment. I got. I'm at work." She's like, "Okay." They said, "Well, don't bother coming over." Then she shows up and she says, "I told you not to come." <laughs> Well, okay. That was cold, but I did get the feeling that this wasn't her. Um, I think her girlfriend's name was Clarice or Cloris or something right, like that. Right. This was her first time, like calling. Yeah, Friday, and so Friday got. She's a bit of a drama queen, right? So she's like, "I'll be there as soon as I can." I just got this big break. I got to. I, I, you know, I've been there. I mean, I don't know because she dates she dates gangsters and senators. Like she has, he- like I mean, that's what Friday said. She said she has some heavies as boyfriends. That's true. I was like, well, Friday, maybe if she's asking for help, you should check on her. Well, she, well, to to her credit, the second she was done, Friday did call her. <laughs> the second she was finished, let me finish. Her. Yeah. Well, well like, she said she was going to call her when she was. No, done. She showed up. She showed up at the fashion. Up, show. Yeah, that's right. Fashion. I have to comment on the fashion show. That that was, um. That was interesting. Uh, <laughs> Say it with your chest, Carla. It, I was about- <laughs> was here, but it wasn't. It wasn't like 
striking like me. Well, the, the one at the end was kind of, most was just like, was sort of like somebody was giving them direction. They were trying to figure out what are they, what am I supposed to do? It's like, okay, look over here, look over there. But it was, it was just, I don't know. It was like, you know, it was like, mm, mm. they were kind of like, like mannequins. It was interesting. Yeah. It was, and one of them, and one of the models walked like Denzel Washington. Like, I don't know <laughs> what made her think that was sexy. Right, right. But she was literally... Nobody helped them. It was, it was I just... Know. Before they would be cute, you know. They kind right. of like, they just felt... They seemed very self-conscious and like, I hope this is okay. And they really should have just hired models. I mean, they, you know, because they're... They, I mean, they're Beverly Johnson... But, you know, they could have given her some props back then or who else? Um, Anyone oh, else. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like there's a lot the actual of models. Yeah, that was yeah. the thing. But, now, uh, I, I kept I kept expecting, you know, because the setup was, was such it was like what men think about it. And then women, oh, yeah. every women right. think about it every minute. Right. That's what sure. the kids, kids, it's, I was expecting like, oh my God. Yeah, that's what I was, but I also was expecting that, okay, somehow they're going to wrangle Friday into the fashion. Yeah, that's fashion what I show, too. Which they didn't, but, but she, but she doesn't walk the runway. She's not in the fashion show. I know, but I, I kind of like, like, I like. Oh, that. you say, wish they didn't. I, like, oh. I like how Pam Greer isn't as fashion show. But do you yeah. notice that the last girl who's the model sort of is of the motif of like a, you know, uh, you know what I'm saying? She's got the fro, mm-hmm. she's got the, you know, large bosom, the very tapered, you know, so she's like the, she could be stand in for Pam Greer, you know, yeah. so it's like, yeah. oh, yeah. commentary on, no, we don't have her doing this, but, you know, we'll give you, you know, Tasha here, you know, and. Right, right. And stuff. So she know, almost could have been her stunt woman, but we know that. She didn't have a stunt woman. She had, Pam Grier had a stunt man. Yeah, in a wig. In yeah, this movie. yeah, um, that makes sense. That makes sense because I remember when I was looking at the car scene. At one point, it, it looked like it was a man. It was definitely yeah a dude in a wig. But you know, hey, it's what they do. It's what they do. Um, at the end of the day, is there anything else that you you wanted to share about the? What did you think of the soundtrack? I like the soundtrack. I thought it was breezy. I thought it was jazzy. Mm-hmm. I thought it seemed like a good soundtrack for the tone of the film. Right. Right. Yeah. I liked it a lot. Yeah. So did I. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot to like about this movie. I do have to say, I, 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 I got to be fair. <laughs> you know, I'm a Pam Greer fan, mm-hmm. but seeing her in this film against, and probably for the first time against. Better actors sure. she's acted against in, uh, in her other films or the majority of her films. I think she she doesn't one hundred percent hold her own. Like I do think, like in the scenes with with Yafit Koto, he's doing a little bit more of the heavy lifting, and then and and thus because of that, he maybe is pushing a little bit. Um, she definitely has a presence and she definitely, you know, I'm not knocking her, but I also think the, one of the reasons why Pam Greer, the actress is so phenomenal in Jackie Brown yeah. is because Pam Greer, the actress has grown. Oh yes. Right. And in Jackie right. Brown, you almost get the sense that all the characters she's playing in the 70s she's kind of like 
getting an opportunity, yes, and at a different stage of life, but kind of like to, to do a do over for them. Well, what I got from her acting is that this is the first one of those films where she gets to act. Mm-hmm. Like in a lot of ways, I wish this was her first film. Well, I thought she gets a, a little bit of an opportunity in Sheba Baby. I just don't think it's that great of a film. Yeah, I don't think I don't think this. Uh, I, I think the script in Sheba Baby is paper thin. No, and, the script is paper no, no, no. Thin. I'm sorry, but as far as her acting, I think she has moments in Coffee. Okay, but I think Sheba Baby, Coffee, Foxy Brown, Foxy Brown are so interested in sexy Pam Greer. Mm-hmm. That they're just trying to get through the lines, okay, to okay. get her in something with the, you know, and the, sex and you, and you know, like Friday Foster is an actual character, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is what I enjoyed so much. But I agree with you. I just felt like this is one of the, f- the first opportunities she had to exercise those muscles. Yeah, yeah. And, and don't get me wrong, she's, she she she's good. I you know in certain scenes, like I like her against Paul Benjamin in their mm-hmm. scene. I think. She's good there. I actually like when she finally does a scene with Ted Lang. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because they kind of like joke at it a couple of times, but she finally does, does do a scene against them. I think they work, you know, pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, he's a great actor. I would have yeah. actually, the shame of it is like that this doesn't become a series. Because this doesn't become a series, he then gets Isaac on the love boat. I know. I would have much rather see him yeah. here in yeah. Friday Foster, yeah. the TV series, than in, you know, kind of like sidelined as he is, yeah. ultimately is in the love boat. That's the shame. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I, I, I want to just touch back on what you were saying before in that um, I felt that too. When I saw Jackie Brown, I was like, man, this is just like, I'm going to bring it. Mm-hmm. She brings it. It's just like, oh, yeah, I can act. And, yeah. you know, and she, she, you know, and then it's, she, she does her thing. She's a phenomenal talent. It just, you she know, like people evolve, like we all evolve, you know, and um, she is an incredible talent. And you just like that opening scene in Jackie Brown, where she's on the, um, you know, at the airport. Mm-hmm. Just, see, it's just like her expression. Yeah. So, and so really wonderful work. So we like to ask, you know, people, our, our guests and everyone here, the, the magic question, Carla. Magic question would, too. Would you recommend that people watch Friday Foster? Yeah, I mean, I think that it's like, you know, the premise of, of the mission is to em- embrace all of black cinema. So in so doing, you know, again, it's, it's like if, if you can go into something and understand what the context is, you can really appreciate it for being groundbreaking at that particular time. Mm-hmm, you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? And so I think from that perspective, yeah, you know, if you're going to compare it to like, yeah, which was more like this or more like that, you know, but if you look at something for what it was in terms of um, where it fit in the historical, you know, sort of, you know, um, the year, you know, what was happening, like I said, socially, politically, all of that, then it's, it's, it's amazing because you can really understand so much television, film, and theater, except everybody doesn't get to see theater, doesn't have the same, you know, uh, you know, 
not able to kind of get exposure to as many people as possible. But it's always like a time capsule. Mm -hmm. Look back at a film, you know, it's some type of commentary on what society is at that time. So, yeah, I think it's it's has a lot of value and um, there's a lot to learn from it, you know, from that perspective. Definitely. What about you, Vincent? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think I, I think as as I've been saying, within the context of the Pam Greer films from this period, it is a really pleasant departure and a nice contrast. And it shows Pam Greer stretching a little bit. But I think just on its own, this is a neat little movie. Hmm. It's it's I, I love the cast. You, you know, it's, the cast is filled with some of our favorites. We've mentioned we haven't mentioned Julius Harris. No. Yeah. Who, who, who we love as the editor, as the, the, the grumpy editor type. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't even mention Mr. Thurston Howell the third, Jim right, Backus. Who shows up for one scene. But, oh yes. <laughs> but yeah, I enjoyed this a lot. Yeah, I absolutely would recommend this. And yeah. you? I well, it's three for three. I would okay. I would recommend seeing Friday Foster. I think it's uh a fun film. Um I actually don't don't even I actually appreciate that it goes out of its way to have like a little bit different of a plot, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's not. Yeah. There's those zingers that come. You're like, whoa, I didn't yeah. go there. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and, and it's a little, it's a, it's a, it's a little deeper, you know, um, yeah. the commentary right. about, you know, uh, what we need to actually uplift our, our culture and, and black people is that you need the politicians actually working with, you know, us and and rich people working right. together and and this movie is somebody trying to set them up against one another yeah right now. so right. which is which is something totally more plot than you would see in a lot of these uh, films of this era absolutely you know so um but it's certainly also indicative of a comic strip comics comic strip is plot heavy yeah so yeah. i dug it and and i actually you know see what i will i enjoyed pam greer i enjoyed the cast i enjoyed everything about it i would would have returned for another film i would have returned for a series i don't think it's too late to return to this character oh it this yeah i think hey, that's an amazing premise sure yeah yeah to so, be a series um, now i would definitely uh, recommend friday foster check it out all right all right yeah, ladies and gentlemen. All right. Well, this, I, I don't know about you, Vincent, but this has been one hell of a show. Absolutely. I've had Absolutely. such a good time. Yes. This has been, this has been fun. Carla, brothers, thank you so very thank much. You. We appreciate it so much. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you for asking me. It was a pleasure and it was really wonderful. I mean, you guys have, it's like an action packed show. <laughs> you know it's like really great like, what are we going to do now it's like, ooh, <laughs> yeah I love it thank yeah. you thank you so much for taking the time yes. to, to, to join us um, we look forward to your next visit on the Michelle Mission um, so feel free to we, we kind of like stuck you with the 70s now you can just pick a film that you want just choose whatever right, you right. want and and we'll sit down and review talk talk shop we'll just we can't wait just like Farrell Blackwell we can't wait to see the, the Cot Rock reboot whatever <laughs> whatever <laughs> musical you, you 
the musical you've got planned. We can't right. wait. Looking to forward it to it. We cannot wait. All right. Well. All right. I better. Now it's motivating to hurry up and get it done. So all I can right. Yes. Preview yeah. it on your show. All right. Absolutely. And if people want to get in contact with you, is there any way that people can reach out and, and just. Oh, uh, um, gee whiz. I didn't think about that. I, I guess. Um, oh, oh, God. You're on the socials. I don't remember. I'm, I'm, in, I'm on Instagram, but I, you could just look me up on Instagram. I think it's Carla Brothers Artist on Instagram. Yeah, okay. Carla Brothers Artist on Instagram, ladies Instagram. and gentlemen. Check it out. Check her out. Carla, thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, we're going to. And thank you, audience. You've been great. Your audience is like, man, they're just like so knowledgeable. Yeah. See, Maddie Gutierrez. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. They want you back. Yes. They want you back. She's back, black, better than ever. (laughs) All right. (laughs) There you go. Lynn, we've got the advertising already. We got it already. We got we got to get Nisa Ray on the poster and make it happen. Thank yeah, you so much, Carla. We're gonna, right. we're gonna let you go while we close out the show, but thank you so much, very much. All right, you take care, gentlemen. Right. Night. See you All soon. Right. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Um, before we tell you what we're going to be watching next week with another special guest, Vincent, we got another special guest. Next oh week. yeah. I invite you all to check out the Michelle Mission One Two Men One Podcast, every black film ever made. Go to MichelleMission.com where you can hit swag and check out all the cool designs that we have available for you by way of our good friends at T Public. If you want to email us, email us at MichelleMission at gmail.com. That's M-I-C-H-E-A-U-X-M-I-S-S-I-O-N at gmail.com. You can also leave us a voicemail. Let us know what you thought about tonight's show. Let us know your thoughts and how great Carla was on the show. You can leave us a voicemail at 215-867-9666. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Show Mission. Subscribe on YouTube and Twitch at Show Mission. And if you, wherever you check out our podcast, Please give us a five-star rating and review, especially if it's on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, because that helps people find our show. And the and the Michelle Mission is a proud member of the Podglomerate, thepodglomerate.com. They make podcasts work. Next week, Vincent. Yes, sir. We're staying in 1975. All right. And we have a very special guest, the screenwriter of Ruby Bridges and Crown Heights. Yes. Tony Ann Johnson will be joining us for our review of Aaron Loves Angela. Aaron Loves Angela. Now, I've never seen this film, but I've heard nothing but good things. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, Michael Schultz. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. There's another Michael Schultz film. So, you know, it's, you know, it's a quality piece of work. Yeah. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to that. That was Tony's uh, selection for this stop on the mission. We can't wait to talk. Aaron loves Angela with her next week. Yes. Here on the mission. Until then, ladies and gentlemen, he's Vincent and I'm Lynn. And in parting, we say we'll see you when it's time to meet again. <laughs>